We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's the end of the week, and that means it is Front Office Friday! Let's go. Keith, there was a little bit of extra extra oomph to that one there. Is that the playoffs that's got you that's got you playoffs, so fired up? Baby. I am beyond <laughs> excited for the playoffs. These are two of my favorite days of the year. We've got the eight games in two days, four games Saturday, four games Sunday. Absolutely just a blast of a weekend if you're an NBA basketball fan, and I cannot wait. Yeah, this is going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to get into all of it. Um, let, let me start with this. And by the way, welcome in everybody who's joining us here live on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribing to the channel. And of course, those of you who are listening to the podcast version after the fact would appreciate a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Keith, what, which matchup this weekend has you most excited? Like, Which one game are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I'm going to take the Celtics game off the table, obviously. Sure. That's what I'm most looking forward to. But I think if if I go into the other series, it's anything in the West that isn't the Nuggets versus whoever. Uh, all three of those series should be a blast. Uh, and then Cavs-Knicks. It's like a four-way tie. Like those three um, teams are just – or three ser- series in the West and that one in the East should just be really, really phenomenal. If I'm going to pick one – of the group, it's Kings Warriors, and especially mm-hmm. that game one in Sacramento. I cannot wait to see how bonkers that crowd is. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. And if I have to, obviously, I'll, I'll play by the same rules. I'm not going to pick Lakers Grizzlies then. Um, I'm going to go, I probably would have said Kings Warriors, but I'm going to go Suns Clippers um, then as, as my pick because I'm really fascinated to see. I know the, the Suns are a heavy favorite, but I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. And how that um, how both sides match up with each other. I think there's a lot of intricacies to watch for in that one. So I'm thrilled for that. Um, let's get into because we've got a lot of people coming in and asking yeah, questions already, which is fantastic. Uh, Branu said this offseason, what's the Lakers' biggest need in the draft? Should they go best fit or best available? I think just philosophically, I'm 99% of the time best available is what you do, and the only way you go best fit in my mind, is if you're a clear championship team and you're looking for something very specific or if you've got a tie, right? Like you really like two, three, four, however many players exactly the same, then you take the best fit. That's the way I approach it. What do you do? Yeah, I'm the same same boat as you. I think in general, I want to 
you pick the best player on the board. NBA rosters change too much and too rapidly to be overly focused on position or skill overlaps. So I, I think I really want to go uh, with that part with, with the um, you know best player available. But I am with you. If you're a ready-made title contender and you need, let's say, a rim protector, you need a you know movement shooter, and there's one of those guys and it's not a reach, I don't have a problem with, with the team kind of going to snag one of those guys. But the reality is for most contenders, Tenders, it's going to be hard for a rookie, even a highly drafted rookie, to crack their rotation. So it's probably still even then best to just take the best player on your board and let them develop and figure it out as you go. Now, as far as the Lakers' biggest need, you know, I, I was asked this the other day on Lakers Nation, and, and we're going to spend a ton of time on this over there um, during the offseason, talking about, you know, what it is that they need and all that sort of stuff. But looking at this roster, I'm the guy that's always saying, get more wings, get more wings, just get more <laughs> wings, right? Um, looking at this, I, I kind of wonder if it's another big, because sure. I don't know if it's Wenyan Gabriel or Mo Bamba is the guy you want forever, you know, out there, particularly as you're, you're locked in night out, night in, night out, back up and or starting big. It, it might be another big when I look at this roster now, depending on if you can keep Troy Brown, Rui Hachimura, the, the wings that you've yeah. got on the roster right now. Yeah, I guess for me, I, I don't know that that's where I'd be going in the draft. Young bigs often take a while to figure yeah. it out and come along. And obviously the Lakers, they, they don't have that kind of time for that. So I think it's it's in where they're going to be picking very likely in the first round is it's kind of in the middle. And it, it's just very – that is where you're very wing heavy. I'll yeah. add to that too – I'm just wrapping up the center positional preview for free agency for spot track. I'm really hoping I can get it done before I have to leave for state cup soccer uh, here in about the minute we wrap up the show. Um, We're out the door for the weekend. So I am, uh, I'm hoping to get that finished up because if I can, what people will see is I have 25 rotation centers available. In free agency this summer. Now, a couple of them will pick up options and make decisions. Maybe one or two will extend. And then all of a sudden you'll be in a spot where it becomes, you know, all right, the, the, those guys will stick around. But yeah, it, it's a it's a really um you know deep spot. You can always find centers, right? You can really find some bargain centers uh there. So yeah, it, it's gonna be really, really interesting. The the parallels between the center position in the NBA and the running back position. In, NF, in the NFL are just growing and growing. Yeah. seems like year by year. And you're right. I, I probably should have leaned more into the draft need. But even when I hear Lakers and draft, I'm like, okay, who are they trading for with, the, with their draft, draft pick? Because yeah. that's and, what I And I that's probably the most likely outcome, right, is that they mm-hmm. trade the pick. I, I don't know that they're going to make that pick for themselves unless they are looking like, hey, all right, you know, no matter what happens, this LeBron AD deal has a shelf life and we got to start preparing in a mid first round pick. If we nail the right guy, that's somebody who can kind of grow with Austin Reeves and, and, you know, a couple of the other guys on the roster, maybe that is the way they go. But I also wouldn't be surprised if this is a prearranged deal where it's, you know, Hey, we're selecting for team X and we're going to move that pick along. So we'll see. Uh, Tam, the pessimist, who is the, by the way, Keith, this is the um, counter, I guess the opposite of, Matt, the optimist, who is who who works for for Lakers Nation, uh, Matt Peralta, but um, and he even used one of his, his pictures here and everything. But what are your opinions on the coaches' challenge? How it works is kind of frustrating. Not to mention the repetitive, unsuccessful challenges. 
there's been a lot of talk about, well, shouldn't you retain a challenge if you are successful with it or, or how, how can you tweak it? Um, I, I think I, where the frustration really comes in is when you're watching at home and you see something that's obvious and then you have to burn a challenge in order to rectify that. And whereas you're saying, man, I shouldn't have had to use the challenge on that. I should have been able to save it for something later in the game, but I had to use it in that situation. What are your thoughts on, on maybe giving back a challenge if they get it right? Yank, if we're going to keep the challenge system, I want the coaches to get it back. I think, though, then what I would like to see it is it's if you get a challenge right in the first, like, I don't know, 43 minutes of a game or something, 40, you know, just basically down to the last uh, five minutes, I would like to see it. I just don't want teams having two challenges in the last, like, five minutes of a game. Yeah, It's just going to bog things down too much. But I do think, yeah, if you challenge an obvious call in the first uh, quarter and you're right, you shouldn't lose your challenge for the whole game. You should get it back in that spot. I'll be honest, and this is maybe a little unpopular with people. I'd be fine if we just did away with the entire thing together, too. Hmm. And just said, you know, hey, bad calls happen and you just move on. It is what it is. I I I just think sometimes it slows down games at the worst possible time. Now they've done better with what can be reviewed and when things can be reviewed and all that stuff. So, you know, just as long as they kind of continue to keep the game moving, now that's what we want to see. I hate at the end of a game when it's like, man, we have this amazing back and forth game that's being interrupted by, you know, five reviews and everything yeah. else. Like we just don't need that. Well, and it's become part of the routine for NBA players too. Now, anytime anyone commits the foul, they're doing the circle in the air, yeah. you know, saying, <laughs> yeah. because nobody ever the bounce play the with a, mi- a minute into the game. They're like, yeah. Challenge it. you know, it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Evaldis <laughs> uh, said, hi guys, please say something nice about the Kings and Sabonis or I'm going to unsubscribe and not going to promote oh, any longer. Well, we don't want to be the best kept secret any longer. So, <laughs> Uh, the, the Kings are fantastic. I think the Kings, it's unfortunate the way everybody is just assuming the Warriors are going to win, like as though yeah. it's a foregone conclusion. Look, I understand why the Warriors are the favorite. I picked the Warriors to win it in the series, but that doesn't mean the Kings can't give them a serious run. That doesn't mean the Kings can't actually win this series because they definitely can. Um, uh, Sabonis obviously would be a big part of that. Uh, so I think that's especially with their first playoff berth in what 17 years, like mm-hmm. I-, I wish they were getting a little bit more love right now. Yeah, I do too. And and I think it'll come tomorrow, right? Especially by the time we get to that game tips off, it's the last one of the day. People will be, you know, it'll be a love fest for them, especially that crowd is just going to be absolutely bananas. And I can't wait for that. Uh, Nice things about the Kings. All right. So here's a thing I'm going to say about the Kings, uh, especially as it pertains to this Warriors series. Kings are pretty good at drawing free throws. We didn't get into this when we previewed and predicted the series. They're pretty good about drawing free throws and Mm -hmm. the Warriors foul a lot more than any other team in the league. So they're going to win. That's one way they can do it. Get downhill, draw fouls, get into them. A nice thing about Sabonis, I think he is 100% the clear cut choice for the third team all NBA center. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think it's, you know, Embiid, Jokic, and then Sabonis. That's my order for all NBA teams. And I think Sabonis is, you know, has been great. As as great as Fox has been. And I think Fox should probably win that new clutch uh, award just because he's insane in clutch games. Um, Those two guys, right? That's your engine. You're you're letting it run. So there we go with that. Yeah. Love it. 
Love it. Nothing to add there. Uh, let's get into Mr. Moob said, who do you guys have winning tonight? I'm actually really excited for this game. Wolves versus Thunder. I think, and I know, look, I'm not giving either team a, a major chance against Denver in the next round, but it's always fun when you see a one game do or die situation. I think both teams are going to bring uh, the kind of urgency that's required of the situation. This, this commenter says they have the Thunder and the Heat advancing. I think yesterday on the show I picked Minnesota, you picked yep. OKC, but this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun, I think, in this series or this one-off so. game. Yeah, I think so too. I, I I just think you know I think the Thunder will be able to put up points on Minnesota. I think it's going to be high scoring. It'll be back and forth. And my one worry with picking OKC as I did is I think Anthony Edwards is probably going to go nuclear in this game because he just was so poor against the Lakers, and he's just my guess is he probably never plays a postseason game that poor again in his entire career. Uh, and I think he'll be you know just a monster tonight. But I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. I I it's partially maybe I'm trying to talk myself into it because I'm gonna miss Heat uh uh um, Bulls live. I, I won't get to see it live. I'll watch it mm-hmm. when I get home uh tonight. But it is one of those things where I'm looking at it and it's like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm just not as excited for that one. Uh right. so my plan is get home. I'm gonna watch the Thunder T Wolves live, hopefully most of it, and then I'll watch Heat Bulls after if you know if it looks like it was worth watching. But yeah, I, I I'm picking the Heat in that one and the the Thunder. Yeah, I'm mostly excited for uh, for Thunder and Wolves. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I will also say the Heat advance. But, um, I don't know. Just not as exciting, I guess. Yeah. And I don't. I wish it yeah. wasn't. I wish I, w- I didn't feel that way about yeah. it. Because it should still – it's a big game, obviously, for both teams and, and all that. And who knows? It could wind up being great. But uh, I'm just – I'm looking forward to more of the, the Wolves and, and Thunder. It, it also feels like they are in a spot where um, – they're a sacrificial lamb for the the Bucks. The Bucks mm-hmm. are just going to roll over whoever it is, you know, from that series. Maybe Miami gets a game just because they're you know Miami and Spolster and all that. But that that one just feels less. So not that the Nuggets are going to have a lot of time or trouble rather with uh, the Timberwolves or um, uh, the Thunder. But they 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 think that could be slightly more competitive. Uh, NGM with the super chat. Thank you. We, we appreciate it. Said, sorry, I know this isn't just a Lakers show. That's correct. Um, but I wanted to get some insight into how the new CBA will affect the Lakers off season. So I think that mostly comes into play with the contract of Austin Reeves. When we look at um, the higher limit in terms of the, the qualifying offer, what mm-hmm. you can give him there, as well as the 24 hour match window instead of 48 hour. And then as again, we are trying to make sure sticks, the super tax and what that might mean in their decision-making with guys like Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, some of their other free agents. Is there anything else that I'm missing there that you think would, would matter for the Lakers this summer? Yeah, this summer, I don't think it's going to be too impactful because all that super tax stuff is going to get phased in. It's not going to, everything we heard about of, right. No mid-level exception. And you're Mm going to be limited in trade and all those kind of, uh, you know, hindrances that are going to be put on those most expensive teams. Those are not going to be in play uh, next summer. Not all of them, at least some of them may be, but not everything. They're going to give teams a couple years to kind of get their books in order uh, with that. At least, you know, that's what everything sounds like there. 
I, there's some buzz that we may get like more CBA term sheets, maybe the real deal sometime later today on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see if that comes out and then, then we'll get even more details and that'll be me, you know, trying to read things, you know, that are very small legal documents on my <laughs> phone, um, always sitting in the middle of a soccer field. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it, we're in a spot where I think, um, the Lakers should be able to do what they do where it will impact them is longer range planning, right? If it is, right, we know what this is going to look like down the line. So can we lock into 25 to 30 million for D Can we you know, match an offer sheet that's going to average 20 something million for Austin Reeves? Uh, can we, you know, what can we pay Hachimura? We've still got LeBron and AD on the roster. Those are going to be the, the things that will start to get squeezed a little bit. will be, you know, some of that. And they, it may ultimately cost them a player or two because they may look at it and say, all right, we just can't, sign everybody right where we're in a spot where you know one of these guys has to go otherwise and, th- and this is not me backdooring into a call the lakers cheap joke this is more of a it's such a hindrance to build a roster after this that you know they may not want to have that flexibility taken away in yeah. what may be the last year or two of ad well and, and the, the goal was to prevent teams from just spending and spending right. and spending and so that's you know that's what they're going to do to try to make it to try to make it, I think I think the goal was to make sure that it's not just financial pain that a team is feeling because they're spending and spending and spending. Because clearly, when you've got a guy like Steve Ballmer who can say, "Oh, I've got to pay this in the luxury tax," okay, I've got that in my couch cushions. Um, the, it, you have to make some tactical pain involved there too, in terms of what the team is actually allowed to do. And I think the NBA checked that that box, and uh, teams like the Lakers and, and others may have to adjust on the fly. But if that's, if what you're saying is correct, that it's not all going into effect this year, then it's going to be really interesting to analyze exactly what actually, what does hit this year and what doesn't, because that will obviously be a big determining factor in what teams do and don't do this summer. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be, that's going to be the big thing. There is, yeah. Well, when does this all get phased in? And that we'll start to know here in the next, uh, you know, probably week or so. Okay, so this this comment, Branu said the NBA needs a rule change. If the NBA team finds a player undrafted, feel that team should have a player's bird rights. That's the player's first team ever. Well, I mean, you do you're protected by the arenas provision yep. with with this situation. So it in effect, you kind of you are really. I mean, they you don't have to, and this is again because of what happened with Gilbert Arenas, you're not pushed into a situation where you have to just watch the player walk away. That's no longer a thing. So while it might not be full bird rights or, or whatever for the player, but I think they are still protected against losing a guy that they went out and found the, the diamond in the rough that, uh, that hit. It's the guy on the one year deal where you're really limited yes. to what you can do uh, as far as the one year arenas rights or arenas provisions really can be tough to match on. But that's why very few of these guys get one year contracts. Almost always it's a minimum, at least a two year contract. Um, so yeah, you're still, you're, you're set to, yeah, if we want to, you know, spend, we, we can spend to, to keep these guys. Also, uh, why should the player not be allowed to go? 
right? If the, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing is we, we, and I trust me, I fall into this trap too of leaning too much towards like, okay, let's protect the team. Let's make sure if the team finds a guy, well, the player also developed into somebody too. The team shouldn't have rights to, you know, basically kind of hold them down and pay them less than what they've uh, earned just because there's no other option for that player. So I, I think they've done a pretty good job splitting the difference here a little bit and giving both sides some agency. And it's different if the player signs, you know, the hinky special, right? The the one year, the four year deal, but three years of it are non guaranteed, yeah. and and all of that. That's different if the player is going into it with that. But with but yeah, players should have an opportunity to cash in as well and and, mm-hmm. uh, and be paid what they're what they're worth. Yep. Uh, Wrestling rocks said, "Hey guys, can we get you, Keith and Sean, doing more draft stuff this year?" Would love to have you guys and Sean do some breakdowns or mock drafts for the channel. Love the stuff you guys do. Yes, we we definitely can, and and I know we are going to incorporate Sean for for the draft stuff too. Because in part because Keith, you and I both are, are so hyper focused on the NBA that we don't get into draft stuff as early as some other people do. Just we just don't have enough time in the day for it. I know Sean is already deep into into draft talk and and getting into all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we will have him on to do some of that and uh, and help break things down draft wise. So that that is coming. Yeah, I probably have spent more time on some of the guys in this class because some of these guys I knew I was not going to be able to see play in college. Uh, you know, whether it be Wambanyama, Scoot Henderson, sure. the Thompson twins, all those guys are coming from non NCAA teams. So so I have spent some time on those guys. So I'm a, I feel a little bit better about the top of the class, but it's really this next couple of weeks around the playoffs is when I really start to get, get into this. Um, so you'll start seeing some stuff for me on the draft that just, I just don't spend a ton of time on it just because it's, um, I, I just, it's just not something that I've you know, tended to do, but yeah, I draft night for sure. We'll probably have Sean join us uh, for, you know, at a bare minimum, a large chunk of the show, um, you know, to, to come and we'll, we'll see if he can repeat and call the Lakers pick again and, That's right. and go from there. So we, we had a lot of fun with that. So yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, yo, there, there's, there's a lot of, my thing that I always say with the draft is there's so much great draft coverage out there right now. There's almost, too much to read all of it um that you can find that stuff but we'll get into it a little bit more this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And Sean's already been asking me about whether or not he can do like some specific draft breakdown yeah, videos great. for us and stuff like that. He's excited. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll incorporate some of that stuff and make sure that we've got you guys as covered as we can be while acknowledging that there's other places that are going to be more of a deep dive into draft stuff. But we still want to make sure that we keep you as as up to date as we can. Um, let's see here. I had a comment. Um, oh. This one said, so he's better than Brooke Lopez, talking about Sabonis. These two guys hate 3 and D centers, along with everything that makes the Lakers look bad <laughs> because it's Brooke, because the Lakers let Brooke Lopez get away. I have, Yeah, I, I have, famously hate things that make the Lakers look bad. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Keith is, Keith, Keith's blood is green. Come on. Um, yeah. I uh, And I have criticized the Lakers every time Brooke Lopez has come up for, for – Brooke Lopez told the Lakers, I want to stay. I will take less money to stay. And the Lakers said, no, thank you. What are you thinking? Yeah, that was a mess. Uh, that, was, that was ridiculous. But uh, but Sabonis better than Lopez? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Brooke yeah. Lopez has been great. But yep. yes, Sabonis is better. Yeah, I mean, Sabonis is like, when you really start to dive into the numbers, he's like, I'm not saying he's as good as Jokic, but it's not like he's like, miles away either like he's like Jokic light and that has huge huge value um with within where the league and how things go now i will also say too on brooke lopez so again just peace isn't out yet but it'll be out either hopefully later today or sometime over the weekend uh i have brooke lopez rated as my top free agent center that's available mm-hmm. ahead of guys like nikola vucevic and a handful of christian wood a handful of other guys so i like brooke lopez plenty i don't hate three and d centers at all it's just you know that that guy just likes to be critical of everything we say so you know we, we can move on well and the, the hate gets thrown around a lot where if you have an objective opinion over something it becomes <laughs> oh you you hate yeah. that other thing like like hey do you like Del Taco or Taco Bell? Well, I really like both, but I think I like Del Taco a little bit better. Why do you hate Taco Bell? Yep. That's, that's not <laughs> yep. what I... Well, it's, not, I, my favorite ones are the ones where it's like, you know what I really like? I like ice cream. Oh, why do you hate cookies? Right. <laughs> like anything about cookies. I like cookies too. I mean, look at me. I obviously like all of them. <laughs> um, let's see. Insomnia. Said, just want to ask, can the Warriors sign anyone aside from the veteran minimum because of the super tax? Keeping uh, Dante DiVincenzo seems impossible. So again, that that begs the question of going back to where we were previously. When does the super tax uh, kick yeah. in? That's going to matter a lot. Yeah, it 
it's probably next year they'll be okay to sign somebody. We'll see what portions of that kick in and when. Um, but yeah, that, that's where we're headed with, with them. Is you know they will be down to minimums and signing their own draft picks, and that, that'll be where they're at. And obviously, re-signing their own free agents. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're not quite there yet to know on that. Uh, Pete, what's up, Pete? Hey, Pete said, "What's up, Trevor Keith? Uh, I like OKC's chances tonight against Minnesota." If they do win and make the eighth seed, do you see them cashing in some assets this summer to get a veteran to help push forward next year? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't know that they cash in assets, but they've got a ton of cap space without a ton of roster spots to fill. I'm going to become a broken record on this until it resolves, but they they remind me of Philly when Philly decided it was time to win and Philly went out, they paid JJ Redick a contract They were all kind of like, wow, that's an overpay, but it was only for a year. Then they resigned him for a couple years after that. But by doing that, as long as you keep the contract short enough, if they have a targeted need, let's say they're like, all right, we got Chet Holmgren coming in, but what we need is we need a real kind of, you know, burly center along with him. We, or we need a, a real shooter. or We need a mm-hmm. uh, backup point guard or whatever it is. They can overpay. They could give, you know, somebody like that. Let, let's say the standard valuation is 10 million. They could give that guy 15, 16 million overpay them for a year maybe even two years and have it not hurt them long term because you're not having to spread that money around to fill out five six roster spots they've really only got a couple spots to fill so they should be in a pretty good place to 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 do that and yeah eventually we're going to see them package draft picks together and do some stuff i think it's probably more likely we see them kind of do what they were able to do last year of or we want to move up a couple spots in the draft. So here's three picks to move up two spots because we, we, you know, we have a, a player that we really like and we want to make sure we come away with. I think that will, that might be the way we see them kind of cash in those draft assets. Cause again, it sounds very great to have 9,000 first round draft picks mm-hmm. until you have to make them all. Cause you can't roster all those players. That's right. where you get stuck. So that's, that's where I think, you know, Presty and those guys are doing pretty good. Hey, shout out if uh, invisible paint first ever super chat. Thanks for making it us. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely yeah. appreciate that. Um, so I, I will say on this, I, I think that the word veteran needs to be defined a bit here. Like I can't see them going and getting like Mike Conley or somebody, somebody who's 35, 36. You know, I don't, I don't think that makes sense, but I, mid to late 20s guy who's got yeah. a little bit of experience i could see that and i think that it makes some sense like as much as you want to just keep stockpiling assets i also think you have to show shea gilders alexander who maybe would be getting mvp love if the thunder were like a four seed right now or a three seed or something i'm not saying he would win it but sure. he would be more in the conversation um that you're you're making that push to win that hey we're not just going to build a run that you're not going to have to wait three more years for the guys we just drafted to become something. Instead, we're going to try to push to win right now. And we're going to get you this guy. Again, I'm not saying you have to cash in all of your mm-hmm. assets or go, or, Hey, we're trading everything we've got. But I do think a move or two to say, Hey, we're getting some win now guys that I think may be important for SGA. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, I know part of the question was if they win tonight and make the eight yes. seed from Pete. And for those who don't know, Pete, original front office show co-host uh, That's right. way, way back in the day. So shouts to him for being here and still always supporting the show. Um, I I think it happens no matter what. I think now they've shown, all right, we're, we're here. 
right? We're, we're ready. So now whether they win or not tonight, I don't think really matters. I think it's going to be, you know, it's time to start pushing, you know, pushing forward with this thing. And to you, to your point, yeah, you gotta, you have to paint a picture for Shea Gilgis Alexander of this wasn't enough, right? We want to mm-hmm. continue to keep this upward momentum. So yeah, I, I, I think you're going to see the Thunders make some moves. Um, by the way, guys, I am doing, I'm going to put it in the, in the chat right now over on the YouTube channel. I am doing a a little, uh, playoff bracket challenge. It's totally free to enter the company that's doing this, uh, free to enter. doesn't cost you anything to play. All you got to do is pick who do you think is going to win each series and how many games it's going to take them to do it. And the top three finishers actually win cash. So check it out Uh, again, free to enter, totally free. Come compete against me and, and everybody else going to be a lot of fun. So I'm putting that in the chat right now for you. The deadline to enroll, it's uh, in less than 24 hours now. So check it out. Um, yeah. Allie said, how does NBA expansion work? Like how do players get on those teams? Would the Grizzlies and Pelicans go to the East, Seattle and Las Vegas for new teams? So I guess working backwards here with these mm-hmm. with this question, Seattle and Las Vegas, I think would be the favorites. To get two team to get the teams, if they're going to add two teams, the, I'm sure some other cities will get into the mix. Mexico City is one that we've heard, but I would still say Seattle and Las Vegas would be the strong favorites to be the two cities that would get the next two NBA teams. Yeah, unless they completely blow it, it's going to be Seattle for sure. We know that Las Vegas. I mean, they're already building an arena. And they're yeah. not building an arena for nothing. Now, it's Vegas, right? So if any place in, in the world can afford to, it's there. But they, they're already moving forward with that. There's a sense the league wants to balance the coasts a little bit, too. So that's two more West Coast teams that they can have. And just, you know, they really want to get to a point where they can have, you know, two or three, four West Coast games every night instead of yeah. just the, you know, handful of nights when the you know Kings, Lakers, Clippers all, you know, happen. Well, Lakers, Clippers at home on a weeknight's not the, the thing but you know what i mean sons blazers sure. whatever so they they want to get to a point where yeah they've got a couple more uh would the pelican grizzlies and pelicans go to the east it only need to be one um yeah. because you're you, otherwise you'd then re, rebalance right because you'd add two uh to to the west which would take them you know there so you'd only need to move one team over to to have uh 16 on each side very 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 likely it would be memphis but yeah. the NBA may use expansion to kind of rethink the entire conference division model altogether. So it could look really different from what we know today um, if they go that direction. I believe, and I'm not staring at a map right now, but I believe Memphis is the furthest east yes, Western are. Conference team. But if you look at the map, Memphis is at least has New Orleans, has the Texas mm-hmm. teams that are relatively close. Minnesota yeah. has nobody near them Correct. in, in yeah. the Western Conference. Yeah. So that so there's an argument to be made for the Wolves to be the team to go east as well because they've they've got, you know, they've got Chicago and and the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I mean and they've the got Bucks. other te- yeah. other east yeah, the Bucks. They've got yeah. teams that are right there close to them in the east. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I think you're right though. I think they're going to use it to completely redraw the whole conference system. And I love it because that's going to give us a ton to t- a ton to talk mm-hmm. about. What what, what system should they use? What should yeah. it look like and everything? Yeah. All the content. I 
then to answer the question of how do players get on those teams, what they do is they hold an expansion draft. Then there's there's a whole bunch of rules around the expansion draft. Maybe that'll be like something we'll do in August when mm-hmm. you know things are really kind of slow. We we can do like a mock expansion draft. Those are always fun. But basically, teams are allowed to protect up to eight players. So it's anybody who's on their roster or anybody who is a um, uh, you know pending free agent that has an option or restricted. Um, they can they can basically protect those guys too. But it's only eight. Then everybody else is is available to be drafted unless they're a true unrestricted free agent. That's the only case where those guys are off the table because you'd be in effect taking away their, uh, you know, unrestricted free agency. So uh, then they, how they have done it in the past is they do a drawing of the two teams that are coming in, assuming it would be two at once. And mm-hmm. the one who gets the higher pick in the expansion draft, uh, then get generally how I actually, let me rephrase. They, whoever wins the drawing gets to have either the first pick in the expansion draft or the first pick in the NBA draft. And then in the NBA draft, what they have generally done to give these new teams a bit of a handicap is they they put an artificial cap on how high they can draft. So yeah. given that the first four picks are decided by the lottery, going in the assumption right now is they'd probably draft like fifth and sixth. So it would be whoever picked first in the expansion would have the sixth pick. Whoever picked second in the expansion would have the fifth pick. And they just go back and forth until they fill out. Now in an expansion draft, once a player is picked from your team, you're you're you can't lose anybody else. Yep. Teams can do things like, hey, we'll give you a pick if you select this guy instead of this guy. Um, or hey, will you take this contract off the books? Because yep. every once in a while you see a weird, you know, wow, that guy's actually not that bad. But then it's like, oh, they just want to clear his $30 million contract off the books. So if if this comes to pass. Guys, we will cover it top to bottom, yep. left, right, inside out um, on this show if there's an expansion draft coming because it's going to be absolutely incredible. And my guess is within the next five years, we're going to have one to cover. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, as you're talking through that, I'm already thinking back to the Bobcats and when they were able to get mm-hmm. Jared Wallace and what a big deal that was. And the Kings weren't able to hang on to him. And, and like there's going to be so much for us to break down if and when that happens. And I think it is going to happen. I think it is going to happen. But um it's just a matter of time. Uh, Mr. Easley said, I've heard some people say the winner in the of the in-season tournament should get a top five pick. What are your guys' thoughts about that? I'm a I'm a no. Yeah. Because yeah. the the whole question around the in-season tournament is how do we get people to care and how do we get the players to care? The players don't care about picks in general, right? Because if you get a top five pick, it, am I gonna go out there and compete extra hard? Yes, my team gets a top five pick. That just means we're going to get a guy that's really good that's going to come in and maybe take my job, right? Like that's that's not a lot of incentive for yep. me. So I don't think it, that, and I think that's a maybe too much of a, like just in looking at, at balance of power, like if you get a team that's really good and wins a tournament, hey, here's a top five pick to add another really good young player to it. I think from that perspective too, it's a little bit too much of an advantage. But on top of that, as it, from the player perspective, why would you want to add a really good player to your roster that's going to potentially kick you out? Why would that would that really make you compete yeah. harder or care more about the playing tournament? Probably not. It's the same thing with a where there's been for years talked about let's do a postseason tournament of the non-playoff teams to play to see who gets what draft order. 
guys just they're not going to play hard to win that because it's you're just asking okay better picks to replace me like yeah i'm good like i, I don't really care and and i know yes some guys would play hard because it's like hey let's try to get victor Wembanyama, right let's get him uh on the roster because then we'll, we we can really move this thing forward but yeah that it's just there i would say the in-season tournament, let's just let it run for a couple years and see what it looks like. And then if we need to add more incentives, we can add more incentives later. And it may be something like you're guaranteed a spot in the play-in tournament. You know, mm-hmm. if that's, you know, even if you wouldn't have made it, you're guaranteed a, at worst the 10 spot in the play-in tournament. So we can kind of go from there. Sure. I like that. Uh, invisible paint. Can a team just give cap space or the mid-level exception to an undrafted player instead of them going through the draft. So a guy goes, no. well, they have to go through the draft. Yeah. So it's not like you can go before the draft, hey, Victor Wembanyama, we'll give you our full mid-level exception <laughs> yeah. if you just forego entering the draft. Um, yeah, you, you, you can't do that. They have to go through the draft. But once a guy has gone all the way through the draft and nobody picks them, then they are a free agent. Now, typically, you see those guys get you know, very, very limited deals, just Mm -hmm. minimum deals. That's what you see those guys typically get. And there's, because there's a reason that they went undrafted, but I suppose it is possible that you could, you could pay a player more than that because they are a free agent at that point. Yeah. I think the big important part there is to your point, every player has to go through the NBA draft as their entry point to being an available NBA player. So the example I use for this are guys like Milos Teodosic or, um, Facundo Campazzo. Those mm-hmm. guys came over to the NBA when they were in their you know later into their careers, you know, into their 20s and 30s. But those guys had already been through one NBA draft cycle. It, albeit it had been, you know, I want to say it was like eight years before uh, Tia Dosich even came over. So you're in a spot where, yeah, but they they'd been through it, so they're NBA free agents. So that's how it works. And you know, there's all these rules on when you're eligible for the draft and not eligible for the draft mm-hmm. and all those things. And yes, unless you declare as an early entry candidate and all that, but guys do eventually become auto eligible uh, with that. So yeah, it's a uh, spot where, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, but yeah, no, you can't come through and say, you know, Hey, skip the draft and we'll just sign you. That's the, that's yeah. just not how it works. Oh, could you imagine the shenanigans if, if that was the case, if you oh, had some yeah. way to, to do that? And then you'd get teams paying guys outside of the cap and everything else. It'd be a real mess. Yes. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, Mario with the Super Chat said, will we see the 32 teams divided into four divisions with four divisions in each conference or go the NHL route where it's two divisions with eight teams for each? I I haven't thought deeply enough about that yet to give a definitive answer there. All I know is we're going to have a ton of things to look at if and when expansion comes down and I, I really do think it's a matter of when i think it's it's going to happen yeah it's it's coming for sure i mean they've said too much openly about it where it used to be every time adam silver was asked it was it's not something we're considering we haven't even talked about it he's openly said now yeah we're starting the analysis we've you know kind of on that but our focus is cba then the tv contract and then we'll go my guess is we're gonna get cba any minute now maybe or any day now and then the tv contract that's going to come next year and then right on the heels of that my guess is we're going to get an announcement and then it'll probably be likely two years or something uh with that a couple because somebody asked too do you think the nba will go one to 16 i think they've decided it's just not it the travel becomes too much 
mm-hmm. with the way they want to play. And, and it's, it's just one of those things where it's just, you, you don't want to be going from East coast to West coast, you know, three times, four times in a series. It's just not something anybody wants to do. So I think it keeps the, keeps the conferences. You keep the conferences kind of meaningful from that sense, but yeah, they're, they're going to do some breakup here. That's going to look very different uh, when they expand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there's gotta be, I, I'm curious to see how, how much they fast track this like does the end if if it is vegas and i think vegas makes a lot of sense given that they already have a foothold there with summer league which is growing and growing Mm -hmm. and growing every year but is there any kind of motivation to not be the last one in to vegas right i mean football and hockey are already there and they're they're massive i was just there last week oh i mean the the raiders stadium is gorgeous t-mobile arena is amazing Uh, allegiant is i mean they are absolutely phenomenal and and they've been a big a big fit there, but uh, you know we keep hearing about the Oakland Athletics maybe making the jump to Las Vegas. What kind of motivation does the NBA have to not be the last one into Las Vegas? I think that's going to be interesting to watch too. This kind of quasi race between Major League Baseball and the NBA to not be the last of the four major sports to get there. Yeah, and now Seattle, they're going to be the last one in Seattle now that the Kraken are there. So now Seattle has a history, right? And they have a deep basketball history. And quite frankly, I think we all know the Sonics never, ever should have left. So it's a spot where that is that one's okay. They'll figure that out. But, yeah, I think in Vegas you don't want to be the fourth team in because there's always going to be a sense of – we're kind of the fourth team in a city, especially mm-hmm. with the, the the hockey team. The I think they're the Golden Knights. Yep. I know they're the Golden Knights, at least the Knights, but Golden Knights. They are um they already have such a strong foothold there as well. So there's yeah, and so yeah, you, you don't want to be there, right? You're gonna want to be in a place where it feels like all right, here, here we go, and and let's go. Uh somebody said if the rate if Vegas gets a team, does the NBA move the summer league? I don't yeah. think so. I, I think you just still keep it there. It's such a good spot for yeah. it if you know you've got nine million hotels so they can mm-hmm. easily take the crush of people who come in for the, the the two arenas being like right next to each if you've never been one go it's the yes. i call it nba comic-con because that's exactly what it is it's you know a million basketball fans there one ticket gets you into two different sets of arenas and up to 10 games in the day uh, for four year sessions. So it's, you know, it's super cool to be able to just, all right, this game kind of stinks. I'm going to pop over to the other gym and you literally just get up and walk over to the other gym. You can sit wherever you want. Cause it's yep. almost, they've started in Thomas and Mac started to block off some of the lower level seats, but for the most part, you're going to sit the way better seats than you'd sit for an NBA game. Yep. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's a blast, especially they do a really good job of making sure as long as they're playing the first and second picks meet each other and all that stuff. So summer league is just, it's amazing. It's so much. It's it's getting bigger and bigger every year. This year. I I'm really curious comparing this year with women Yama to the Zion year to see what that's going to look like. Um, I think it's going to be a madhouse and it's going to be a ton of fun. I I just, it, it is, it is one of the highlights of my year every year is going to going to summer league. It's a blast. And there's, you know, if you're if you're that person that loves, well, for one thing, one of my favorite things about summer league is the amount of jerseys that you see because everybody will will be walking around rocking just yeah. the most random, obscure <laughs> jerseys, and it's phenomenal. Yep. It's great for jersey watching. You might see 
uh, what is it? A, a Rashid Wallace Atlanta Hawks jersey, right? Yeah. I mean, like things, things like that is what you see at Summer League, which is great. But it's also great. I mean, you're just, you're walking through your hotels and oh, there's there's Tyler Hero. Oh, there's whatever you know. I mean, just there's all kinds of different players that are all just hanging out, walking around. All the personalities, everybody's just out, and it's it's just a ton of fun just being there in, in the environment. So go check it out if you haven't been to Summer League before. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Hey, we got a little bit of breaking news here that we oh. should cover. Uh, the NBA fined the Dallas Mavericks $750,000 for conduct detrimental to the league in an elimination game against the Chicago Bulls. So Ooh. essentially the first game when they sat everybody. Uh, they they, they fined them $750,000. That is a substantial fine. Uh, yeah. Now – no other penalty, but you know, hey, that's a that's a big chunk of change. Do you do you agree with? I mean, the the counter is, look at how many teams have been tanking. I mean, again, I think it's less now that we've had the the play in yeah. tournament. But how many teams were putting rosters out on the floor this season where clearly the intention was not to win the game? The like Mavs fans, I would think, would be a little bit frustrated that here they are getting this hefty fine for doing what a lot of other teams have been doing. Now, that said, the NBA can't be thrilled that the Mavs threw away an opportunity to potentially have Luka in the playoffs, and that's a, a very lucrative thing, and, and and all of that. And, and even though it was unlikely that they were going to get there, they still they had an opportunity to get there, and they clearly made the decision to publicly said that what they were doing. Like I think that that's was pro- that's the yeah. problem, yeah. but like everybody knows that tanking is a thing. Everybody knows that there were teams that were not serious about winning this season or not trying to win. So I understand too, where people would be a little frustrated with that, particularly if you're a Mavs fan. Yeah. You just can't stand up there and be like, yeah, we're sitting guys. And they, they openly said, you know, we're sitting healthy players. And then Jason Kidd yeah. was like, yeah, we changed direction to organizationally. So yeah, that's the problem. You just can't be that open about it. Right. Like that, that is not a, not, not a, not, not the way you can handle it. So yeah, uh, no, yeah. No, not, not, not smart. So we'll see if it matters. Yeah. With, with that, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good chunk of change. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of, a lot of cash. Uh, Mark Cuban might have to dip into that, uh, that shark tank money. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something like that. Uh, Mr. Freeze said, what will it cost the Lakers to re-sign Dennis? I don't know. I mean, he was great the other day, obviously instrumental yeah. in them, them beating the wolves, but uh, they'll probably have a taxpayer mid level to potentially use. I don't, maybe that's, maybe somebody comes along and offers him more than that. Could be a, a Malik Monk situation uh, from last season where the Kings offered him more than what the Lakers realistically could. But the Lakers will have most likely, unless they do something we're not expecting, um, the taxpayer mid level to offer him. And, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, that would be my guess is it's probably, probably that is, is what he gets is the, the taxpayer mid level. It's a, uh, you know, it's they, they can't really offer him any. Well, no, I can't really. They they can't offer him anything more than that. So, yeah, that'll probably be 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 what he gets. All right, uh, Kyle Hampton said can can confirm Vegas during summer league is really cool. Absolutely. 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 Hey, and if and we're then... if we're all there, guys, we may try to do something. You know, some form of front office show meetup mm-hmm. or something like that, and and we'll we'll go we'll go from there. So we'll see. Yeah. We will, we'll get, and we'll Keith, you and I will get in the studio there and everything yep. and, and do some stuff and, and people can, you can actually come and watch the show when we're in the, the studio at, uh, with our network blue wire, mm-hmm. um, you can come watch it at the win. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do something when, yep. uh, when we're there. 
Uh, All Brent right. T asks, sorry, I just want to get to this one because it's a often asked question. If sure. a sign and trade triggers a hard cap, is it just for that year, the length of the contract? Just that year. Hard cap is only ever, well, it's a one-year thing. So it would go away at the, the end of the league year. So, uh, Good stuff there. Yep. Uh, Digital Snowflake. Happy Friday, Latrev and Lakeith. <laughs> Lakeith is Appreciate actually, isn't there like a Lakeith Stanfield? Am I making that up? Isn't that an actor? I don't know. I might have made that. That would be news to me, but I should probably uh, stay to basketball and not pop culture. I think that's right, <laughs> though. Some will, will tell us it's something like that. So, a uh, couple people asking about Jalen Brown. I'll just here's my quick primer on Jalen Brown. If Jalen Brown is all NBA eligible and the Celtics offer him the supermax, and he says no, then you panic, raise the red flags, yeah. go nuts, go absolutely screaming and yelling and go, you know, freaking out. And, and trade him, right? And then then they probably need to think about trading him. If he's not super max eligible because he doesn't make, um, does not make, uh, you know, all NBA, then it's probably just he's not going to sign anyway. He'll delay it into next year, mm-hmm. and you're not really going to worry about that. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's finish with this one. What is the hard cap tax apron at next year? This, uh, this could still shift a little bit, but I know you've got the numbers, Kate. So, and I know mm-hmm. as the numbers come in every once in a while, we hear, oh, it's actually a little bit higher than we projected or a little bit lower than we projected. But based on current projections, what, what is that number sitting at? Yeah, NBA projected the salary cap at 134 million, the luxury tax line at 162 million, and to make the tax apron about 169 million, about seven million above. And then that second tax apron, should it come into play next year, would be about 172.5 million. All right. There we go. There we go. Um, no, I'm sorry, 179.5 million. Sorry, 17.5 million over the tax. So yeah. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, good to know. He's the best free agent in the summer just because I've been working on it. Guys, you can find all my free agency coverage over at SpotTrack. We've got uh, individual position articles up on each position, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, centers, hopefully today. Um, Best free agent, it's James Harden, uh, and then followed by Kyrie Irving, and then we'll kind of – then it becomes – personal choice probably chris middleton's the next best guy um mm-hmm. and we'll see you know how available any of those guys are but yeah it's go check that out over in spot track we've got all sorts of really cool free agent stuff i ranked every free agent and wrote about every single possible free agent so it's about 200 players so there's a little blurb uh, on all of them coming including the two-way guys too so so you guys can check that out keith has been busy been busy and now you've got a busy weekend watching some state state cup soccer state cup soccer go florida rush there you go enjoy that and i think with that we will head off to the weekend got some good basketball on tonight to watch we've got playoff games coming up this weekend we will be back for the front office show on monday to break everything down all the latest news i'm sure there's going to be some fallout from this mavs fine everything else to get into. But thank you guys for joining us here live on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Again, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button. We're pushing to 25,000 subscribers. Hit that subscribe button for us. Turn on notifications. And of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya. Stay safe and have a great weekend.